0: everyone to the 41st episode of the New Gen mindset podcast. I'm Dan Kozell here with Nick Tartaglia. Nick it is uh, what day is it it's Wednesday right now um,
1: uh, Wednesday the 24th exactly
0: something something happened in the market today, right?
1: <clears throat> the market showed us that irrational still thrives And that is uh, and that, that just puts more perspective doubt into the whole market outlook where are we going? What is people doing? What is the stimulus going to do? Like it's just bonanza. It is mania out there. Euphoria hype. It's crazy.
0: So so I, I, I don't want to waste any time right now because this episode could not have happened at the most perfect time because when the first wave of GameStop happened, Nick, you and I, the first person we thought of was, was Riz. Right. And we're <laughs> so happy to have Rizwan Miman back on the New Gen Mindset podcast as a co-host, because there's a lot of stuff that we could talk about. So Riz,
2: how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. I'm excited, happy to be back. Um, you know, we last, last time I was here was uh, with you guys was probably last summer, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so wow, you know, time just flown by. Um, and here we are a new year and, and we're near the end of February already. Like to me, it feels like February was like three days long or something,
1: Yeah. right? But
2: man... <laughs> after January too, like it's like from a market standpoint, after the craziness of the end of January. And obviously for me, like I mean if you've been following along with what you know the mess I got caught up in in terms of uh GME, which happens to be you know what what today it's crazy too. But yeah, I mean uh oh, we have a lot to go over and I'm happy to be here. So yeah, let's
0: get right into it man because the first thing I, I think Nick and I wanna ask you is just when all these Redditors were coming in here, what was going through your mind? Because I, I literally, I went to bed that night and I actually bought AMC, ripped it up to 400%. I sold it and I said, I'm not touching this. This is totally stupid right now. And literally I went to bed that night. I was like, I'm pretty happy. I made a good good amount of change. My portfolio is doing well too. And the first person I thought of was you. Because I was like sitting, I was sitting there and I was just like, Riz is probably bashing his fucking head right now for all the stupidity that is unfolding. So just take us, walk us through that moment in January, that last week of January, like what was going through your mind?
2: I was, first of all, a bit taken aback because I mean, so here's one thing, wall street bets, Mm the subreddit. A lot of people don't know this, but I've been on wall street Bets since I think 2014,
0: 2016.
2: Wow. So I mean we've been there for a while. Zero, <laughs> never. So I I mean it's just to me it just it seems so ironic like something that was you know a small community something that I gravitated towards. I mean yeah it's a bit ridiculous and and some of the terms they use and all that but I mean, I just, I used to go there every day. I used to check, just check in. I mean, I wasn't that frequent poster, but I i, I will tell you, I won't give away my name, but I will tell you, I have been on the front page of Wall Street Bets uh, a few times. So, I mean, uh, you you know, for good or bad reasons, whatever that means, whether it's gain or loss, porn, whatever it could be, I'm not gonna <laughs> tell you which one it is, but I have been on the front page many times and I can tell you that, man, it I never, ever, ever in my wildest dreams thought it would get to where it is you know since this January I mean what eight nine million users when I when I joined it was such a tiny tiny little community it was like just you know some due diligence was happening Mm -hmm. you had a few big names that were kind of popular in the community and and most of them were just like trolling and just having a good time but it was super small and, and it was off the radar the complete opposite of what it's now which is um all about GME now and all about these kind of companies of course and I get it but when I first saw this go down I was like really could this really be the subreddit that's causing this and and then I had to do a deep dive I had to go in and, and kind of really check what's happening and absolutely there's no there's no contraindication that reddit and slash wallstreetbets subreddit uh had a hand in in of course what happened with not only GameStop but all these other companies that are also pretty much bogus, right? I'm not saying GameStop is a garbage company. I'm saying that it's not the best ideal company out there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even even GameStop diehards will say that. But when when AMC bankrupt movie theater in during a pandemic, which is still kind of going on with mm-hmm. movie theaters still you know uh, closed up until January, well. When you see a gain, you know, of hundreds and hundreds of percents in such a short amount of time, you gotta think like there's something going on. Something's yeah. broken. And and I see it all the time. Like we see in our scanners that we see stocks go up and down, like hundred percent, two hundred percent a day. Most of them are biotechs and most of them are tiny, tiny, tiny companies. With, and- yeah. And they're OTC, they're some of them are Chinese companies. You just haven't heard of them. You can't even remember the ticker. If someone told you like, it's just these kind of things move up and down 100%, 200% in a day. And then they just fade away. But to see it happening on a massive scale Man. in something like GameStop, like GameStop, I mean, we're, we're Canadian. So EB Games is the equivalent of GameStop in Canada for those of us that are, that are Canadian. And I remember going to GameStop, aka EB Games when I was a kid. So to see this company that, you know, I grew up with as, as a child going there, you know, trying games and buying this console and that, and to see this company of all, all the others just go up, you know, what is it like 1500% or something? I can't even, you know, fathom it. And then I thought, you know what, I mean, I, you know, Wall Street Bets, great community to a certain extent. Um, it's changed obviously over the last month and the old school OG Wall Street Bets uh, uh, sort of subscribers, are a bit turned off by it. Mm -hmm. But when all this happened, my first thought was, this is irrational exuberance. Mm -hmm. How, as a trader, not someone who has some agenda or needs to like uh, prove a point, but just as a trader, what am I seeing here and how do I react? My answer to that question to myself in my internal dialogue was, I have to take a calculated mathematical-based approach to try and generate alpha, which in short means try and make money off of this. So I decided to do it in a different way than the majority because when I saw this go up, you know, about two, three hundred percent in a span of a couple of days, I thought, okay, this has gone crazy. And I'm a, I, I've been doing this for 13 years, and I feel like mean reversion is an important kind of method. Uh, and you know, you can call it whatever you want, but what goes up eventually reverts back to the mean. This is something that. Uh, we all know it in many facets of our lives. Um, so I took Is that kind of I took that kind of thought process to it. Um, I can break down the trade that I did. I mean, I don't know how many people have seen kind of my videos uh, on the trade itself that I got myself in and the position that I got myself in. Of course, uh, spoilers it resulted in a big loss. Um, but I can break that down. But ultimately, I was on the opposite side of the of the crowd of the herd, which um, kind of built that perfect storm. Like I remember being ending up short GameStop after it already moved up like 500%. I'm like, how much more can it go? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and obviously the answer is to the moon. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I I realized that, okay, I'll give it some time. I'll give it some time because I didn't go too crazy big. But as we know, when you are short a stock, you have unlimited risk, right? I'm not going to go into the, the, the mm-hmm details of it, but ultimately my risk is, is unlimited and especially in a stock that's going up a thousand percent. Well, that's, that's going to hurt. Right. So I remember holding it, I think it was middle of the week, Tuesday or something. And the the most uncanny thing happened, Shamat, which is, you know, a big uh, SPAC guy and whatever. And he's very vocal on, on Twitter. And he had just a couple of days prior to this said, you know, he's going to buy a stock or whatever that people vote on. The moment he said that I knew it was going to be GameStop, but I was afraid it would be. I was hopeful, and it turned out to be GameStop. He bought $500,000 worth of calls, call options on it. And then obviously he tweeted it. So that fueled it. After hours, this, you know, and during market, this thing went crazy. If that wasn't enough, as if almost on cue, Elon Musk comes in and says uh, something about GameStonk or something and tags Wall Street Bets subreddit. That broke. The, the camel's back, so to speak, because mm-hmm. at that point I was down like you know about one hundred um, and fifty large it's hundred and fifty thousand for those of you <laughs> to spell it out for. and uh, <laughs> and I was like, this is just stupid. like this it's not even about the money at this point. it's just like, <laughs> but isn't that isn't that market manipulation? Cause I,
0: I, I, the most common question that I've been getting from a lot of people is like, how the hell does, and don't get me wrong. I love Elon Musk. I think we can all agree. He's, he's an absolute beauty. He's a great innovator as an entrepreneur, but like Mm. you've got him on a platform tweeting about a stock and it's almost like indirectly giving people who don't understand how the market works like recommendations. So what do they do? They just jump in. So like, where's the line there in the
1: market and the market is extremely short-term driven right now. So every time someone throws them a freaking cracker, they jump on it. They're starving for money right now.
2: Yeah. It's filled with like, think of it like bait, you know, someone puts chum in the water and then people just these little fish. These are just grabbing at whatever it is. Carried a donkey. Exactly. And Dan, you're, you're right. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as to call it market manipulation because we've seen it on the flip side. I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can here. Um, you know, like we've seen it on the, clubs, like we've seen these, you know, hedge fund managers or, you know, people talking heads going on CNBC and, and Bloomberg and, and they talk about their book all the time. They talk about a different stock all the time, but that's not illegal. That's not market manipulation, but same way. If Elon decides to bypass that and just do it by his own large Twitter following, then I guess that's fair. I wouldn't call it market manipulation as much as I don't like that it's happening. It makes a, it makes a, a farce out of the market. Mm-hmm. This whole thing ultimately whether you make money or not great if you made money great if you lost money it sucks but this whole thing in my view as someone who's been doing this for 13 years just reduces the i would say the efficacy of the markets meaning the validity people Mm -hmm. that believe in the market structure believe in the system um, may not do so and those that are new to it will start by not believing in it simply because of what's happening because of how things turned out after this rise you know as we know brokerages halted certain trading and i break this down in one of my videos why they halted trading a lot of people have no idea why and i'm not saying the brokerages are clear or okay in doing that but they'd have to do it for a reason. And it's not as nefarious as people think, like, oh, they're trying to stop the stock from going to a thousand, or they're trying to save the hedge funds or whatnot. No, they're trying to effectively cover themselves because a lot of these trades are done on margin. The stock can go insane. And as we saw, it went from nearly 500 to what, like $40 or something, and not in too long of a time. So guess what? Imagine, you know, someone puts all their money in, guess what? The brokerage is, uh, now dealing with someone who had a $100,000 who evaporated it to, you know, 5,000 or something, that's not going to go well for their clients. So they're looking at it from a protection standpoint, but also for their own liquidity, because it takes two to three days to actually settle funds. It takes time to settle funds, meaning it takes two to three days for a trade to complete and be registered via the clearing firm, right? So... Again, a lot of market structure stuff, and it's not as simple as, oh, they're trying to save the hedge fund, they're trying to save, you know, uh, Melvin Capital and this, that. It's not just that. And I mean, if there's a greater conspiracy theory, I'm all for hearing about it, but there's nothing substantive yet. Um, Ultimately, we have to realize that it happened. And, you know, the markets, I think will never be quite the same because this will be talked about and this will be kind of uh, referred to by, Various regulatory agencies, various traders, as this thing that just combusted. It's kind of like the flash crash, but in a different way, right? Um, the the entire market structure just shifted, and people will remember it pretty much forever. So, um, so, so and- here, here,
0: here's a here's a quick question for you too. And then, Nick, I apologize. I know you have a no, question no, for no, no. Well, but there, like, I was watching it too, and. I don't like, I have CNBC on, I got to do, you know, or day to day, I don't put the volume on. But when a guy like Thomas Pederfee comes on, I like to listen because this is a guy that pretty much revolutionized the whole brokerage industry. Um, And for those of you that don't know who that is, he's the CEO of Interactive Brokers. The guy's a very successful uh, billionaire too as a result of what he did in the 80s. But um, he literally came out and said, if we did not control the buying of GameStop, AMC, and of these specific stocks, we would have had a much bigger systemic issue. Yeah. And when he said that my jaw kind of dropped cause I was just like, holy crap. And for the people that don't understand like what, what you're teaching to your clients and your students uh, Riz, and what Nick is, is telling to his clients too, is like the market is a machine. It's, there, there has to be an efficient way to do it. So when he said that I just had a, a, an epiphany of, because everyone was buying these out of call options, out of the money, there needs to be a settler, right? And you just said like every two days that needs to get settled. So like that could have been a pretty,
2: that could have been a much bigger disaster if that was not taken care of, right? One of the reasons, so sorry to cut you off, Dan. One of the reasons the stock also increased day after day and it spanned, this whole thing spanned about a week from, you know, GameStop being about $20, $30 all the way to near 500. It lasted about a week. I know because I was living through it. Um, and and seeing my position just go further and further red, you know, like (laughs) it's not like the max I could lose was a hundred percent. I was losing like 300, 400% on my trade. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was seeing this all happen in front of me. And, and and I realized like, and I, and I actually watched that uh, interview as well. In fact, I, I I referred to it in one of my videos, breaking down how markets are like a machine. There's very many different cogs that need to work together. And when I was seeing this, I was like, well, this is, this is this is not right, this is not right, but I'm on the wrong side of the trade. For me, it was just about getting out, and like you said, what happened and kind of fueled it further has to do with options. As we know, there's been a massive inflow, and you can look at brokerage data over the last few years in options. Options were primarily used with, by institutions, right, for hedging uh, purposes, but over the last decade, I would say, especially especially with retail brokerages that made trading options and stocks free. Uh, this fueled the rise of options because, hey, where else are you going to get like 5,000% gains on, on a trade? Like all these things you see on social media and Instagram and all these trading gurus. So people think, why not just trade that? Who the hell wants to trade stocks? That's like, ugh, that's boomer stuff, right? So when, when I when I think about it, one of the things that really, really fueled this was what you referred to uh, with the strike prices being so out of the money and now turning into the money. So the Gamma gamma Squeeze. Gamma Squeeze. This is known as a Gamma Squeeze. And before this, no one ever needed to refer to Gamma, never needed to refer to this term. But here we are. And I'm like, holy crap. Most people don't even know what Gamma Squeeze is. And now we're living through one. Um, What that means is the, Market makers, okay. Remember, market makers are the ones who are providing that order flow in and out, you know, we're giving liquidity. So, when those options went in the money to such an extent so quickly, they needed to hedge themselves. What do they need to do? They need to buy the stock to hedge themselves because they're short the calls, okay. That's That's further gave rise to the price, and then they kept going up faster than they could essentially hedge themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like. like the boat's moving faster than you can paddle it you know it's just ridiculous um and it was kind of like the perfect storm and and it's amazing how some people were able to do well uh out of this you know uh but unfortunately especially from an anecdotal point of view from what i've seen many 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 got their asses handed to them It's it's, if
1: you look at statistics on typical statistics averages and distributions the average retailer like the average retailer who has a time lag with the market will usually get in halfway to the top. Yep. So you, if the average person is getting in midway to the top and they were holding, they all got screwed. Yep. Majority of retailers will always get in, and it's distribution midway
2: yep. to the top. They're, they're near. Most people buy. Literally, it's it's a meme, but it's it's just so unfortunate, uncanny. People actually buy high and sell low. Okay, so <laughs> it's just. I mean. I thought 2020 was a year for the history books. Mm -hmm. 2021 looks to be a part two of that um, for better or worse. Um, You know, it's just, like you said, it's all kinds of crazy and we're seeing everything happen in such a fast uh, way. Everything's happening faster. Everything's happening a lot more crazier. You know, whatever is crazy, you just dial it up to 10 because this is the 2020 year and it's a continuation of, all the things that we thought couldn't happen can happen. And here we are, right? Whoever would have thought that there'd be some guy on, on the internet saying he likes a stock and that stock is a GameStop company, you know? And, and, and here we are, uh, he makes nearly 40 million, obviously gave some back, but he, he made many, many millions, right? And I'm talking about Keith Gill. And that person would be called into a hearing in Congress with the CEOs of other brokerages, with other politicians, who would have thought right? That you would have literally an army behind him. So here we are. And it's so ironic that the day that we're, we're having this conversation, uh, GameStop has gone from $40, which what it was to now about, you know, it's after hours trading um, it reached nearly as high as about one ninety, and, and it's kind of pulled back a bit. I don't have it on my screen, but it's pulled back a bit. I mean, it's just, you know, you can't make this stuff up. Right. So, I mean, it, it's something that I could talk about for, Days on end, but here we are. I will, you know, for whoever's listening to this after the fact or watching this after the fact, you know what? If you made money on it, great. And I say this in my videos all the time: if you did money, your job in the market is to make money. Of course, um, you know, no one's really doing this out of charity, or no one's really trading for just the hell of it, and nor should you. But if you made money on this, great. Whether it's AMC, AMC, GameStop, I don't care. But it's important to understand. How you made money, and if you can't answer that in a very—and I mean you guys—but generally, if someone can't answer that, they need to be uh, accepting of that. And I see a lot of retail people coming in. We know it's not a secret that every Tom, Dick, and Harry, their dog, their grandmother has kind of piled into the the market, right? Um, and there's nothing else to do. Nothing else to do. Like you said, it's like the perfect storm. We had a pandemic retail trading has become so, so accessible, so easy. I remember the last time I was on, I told you guys, I used to pay about $50 per trade back then, right? Day trading and all that kind of active trading was just not viable for the average person because you didn't even have real-time data, right? Mm-hmm. And look where we are, you get options trading, you get stock trading, you get futures, you get all these things with real-time data, you get access on your phone from anywhere in the world and you're paying nothing for it um, in terms of commission. So. Wow, it's a perfect storm. Plus, you have people who make a little bit of money from either stimulus checks, wherever they are in the globe, uh, and maybe they have some capital, and maybe they're feeling like they need to do something because they're in such dire straits. We have found with studies that people who buy lottery tickets the most are not the people like me. I mean, I've never bought a lottery ticket out. I mean, outside of the market, but I... I I, you know, like we don't find billionaires and millionaires and all that buying lottery tickets. We okay. can we can validate that with, with yep. social economic
1: can, uh, statistics.
2: Yeah, there's this data out there you can re- reference to it. And But you know what the fact is? You know who buys lottery tickets the most? The people that are near poverty. People mm-hmm. that are low-income earners. Mm-hmm. And nothing against mm-hmm. that, but they buy more. Why? Because they're in such a dire street. Mm-hmm. They feel like, I have $10 to my name. There's no way I can... Over time, turned this into anything sustainable. So I'm gonna throw it into the Powerball, or you know, whatever we have in Canada, like six forty nine or whatever, right? Um, and that's the hope. And think about lottery tickets and apply that to markets. That's essentially yep, yep. what happened. That shift just took place. Where no longer do you have to go to the store or go online to buy these lottery tickets. You just log into your brokerage, and you see what's going on on Reddit. And this is how people have been trading. And I'll tell you what. I have seen it in real time for many, it worked, it worked. People made money by doing this. I couldn't, I, in fact, as you know, I went on the opposite side because I'm thinking it from a 13 year standpoint of, you know, macro and what goes up like parabolically has to come down, but guess what markets can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent. Right. Um, You know what? It's, it's, it's a crazy time to be alive. All I can think of is where do we go? from here, from how I, my clients, my students, my members can not only make money from it, but most importantly, protect ourselves. Mitigate your downside. So mitigate our risk and downside, because many people are thinking what they can make. They never think about what they can lose. And to me, it blows my mind because you have to start with what you can lose. Mm -hmm. You have to start with what's at risk before you can even fathom what you can make
1: preservation is should always be the number one rule once you understand your preservation foundation That's then true. you can build off of yourself because you understand how to risk reward better
2: you know i wish i could say that you know what i turned i mean i've done really well i mean you know my track record mm. uh started with five thousand dollars but i didn't do it i couldn't do it with something like GameStop that happened because oh, i'm sure if i put five thousand dollars into you know insanely out of the money calls on GameStop, you'd get you get know, wiped before, out yeah i'd have like freaking 5 million or something. Who knows, right? So It's
1: like in 2020, that kid that there was a kid that killed himself there during school because yes. Yes. he yes. got into trading. It was the first story we heard about during the whole lockdowns where yes. he went, what, $700,000 into debt. And so he killed yes. himself.
2: Yeah, it was, was a, a student. Story. And the crazy part is, here's a story that people won't tell you about that. He killed himself. Robin Hood got a little bit of flack, but not much. It was kind of, the story went kind of under the radar for the most part. And I looked into it. And the reason so he lost money. He lost money, but the way he put a trade, he put a spread on. So it's amazing you're referencing this, Nick. He put a spe- spread trade on in, in Robinhood app. Robinhood is a really stupid app and a really <laughs> basic brokerage. And Amen. The way, <laughs> the way they structure spreads is it's not accurate. So this kid, okay, you won't believe this. This kid had like I can't remember the exact structure of the trade, but he had a you know a call and a put. So he shorted a call or he shorted a put and then bought their respective call and put as a spread. Technicals aside, when you close that kind of trade, you take a loss, he took a loss, okay? He lost a significant portion of his capital, but when he placed that trade, he closed one leg, one part of the trade, mm. and it said he was negative like 50,000 or something. That wasn't accurate because the other part of the trade wasn't closed. If the other part of the trade was closed, he wouldn't be negative such a large amount. He would be losing money, but he wouldn't be in 50,000 or something in the hole. And as a result, because of how it looked, in his brokerage app, he thought he would owing Robinhood $50,000. He automatically went from a few thousand dollars in value to negative fifty or something. And that's why he killed himself. And the reality is, if he would have waited, it's sad. I mean, it's really sad. But if he would have waited, you know, maybe a day for, days. for things to clear, it would have still been a loss. But it wouldn't have been what it looked like. So because Robinhood's, the way it just looks when you settle a trade on a spread is I pretty much think of it like a technicality that he killed himself so so here's here's the other
0: thing too about robin hood and i don't and i totally agree with you i think it's what robin hood has done they came in with a very good piece of intention which was like let's try to democratize finance which okay it sounds great but what they've done essentially is they've pretty much gamified investing And not as so dangerous because now anybody can literally, it's funny. I don't know if you're on clubhouse, but I was listening to to this room on clubhouse and they were talking pretty big guys on there. Like a guy, David Greenberg, who I'm sure, you know, very well, it was a former oil trader, very successful oil trader. There was a kid that came on he started talking and he was saying, yeah, I made $22 million on GameStop. I turned 28 K into 22 million. And they asked, then David asked him a very specific question. He goes like, what makes you think the stock is going to go to a thousand? And he's like, well, I just think it is. And like, as soon as he said that, I feel like all the traders and all the people who've had experience in this space, understand that this guy had one, uh, the, uh, self self-fulfilling prophecy, right. One of those buys. And then the other one was her, her, her I always mispronounce that one, but, um, like, that is the issue now because it just shows that anybody can go into this market, throw a bunch of money at a position. And then if they holds, they win. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy.
1: You can so validate now- that then you can validate that with the psychology of people for Correct. young people.
0: So, so here's the other thing now, and maybe I, I'm curious to know where, where you think this is going to go, but I don't think our generation has lived through a down market yet where we're like understanding as to what's going to happen. So, so where, what's going to happen when shit, actually hits the fat.
1: And can I, let me add to that. Let me add to this. I want to say is this is when you think about it, right? Because remember what you said about preservation of wealth. So from an institutional perspective, when you think about preservation and you understand a lot of them realize that there's a lot of negative trends occurring in the economy from a macro perspective. So when they look at this and they say, okay, guys, I think it's time to start pulling out my money. Okay. Cause now it's okay. Let's time to preserve some of our capital for clients. When they also know that the market can go up just as fast as it did. And it can go down just as quick as it can. That a lot of the institutions are not going to be afraid to say, you know what? Let's leave some money on the table. No, no. When they're going to start wanting to preserve capital, they're going to go hard. I think that's also going to be a huge. So that's why like, I like theoretically, I, I see a possibility of the market collapsing 50% more because there's going to be a lot of fear in the market. A lot. And it's is going to tumble down to the retail.
2: And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll shed some light on that further. Just recently in my stories, I, I shared something where it, it briefly just in an image, it just personified the level of margin that investors have as opposed to their uh, holding. So, you know, they're pretty much in like 50% margin or so loosely. So for, you know, every dollar in, in, in stock that they hold, you know, they have, um, you know, another 50 cents that they owe uh, uh, the brokerage. So they're leveraged up. Uh, and of course, that's the risk that the brokerage had, but that's a huge risk on the individual. So once you use leverage, it works both ways. So on the way up, you're doing really good because you're not using your own money, that 50 cents is in your own, but you're making money off with it and just all you have to do is pay the peanuts which is you know the interest but when it goes down uh and goes down really really violent violently and we saw this last year um margin rates for institution like in individual traders is high but it's not high from last year it's been high for the last few years so this isn't something that will happen immediately. What we saw last year, remember in March, we had the, one of the, the fastest yeah. drop in history. Why does weeks. that happen? Because of leverage where now you have people hemorrhaging money that is theirs plus that they don't have. And if they have two brain cells rub together, they're know that they got to get out. And this is when you kind of propagate this on a mass scale, essentially anything in a mass scale in this environment, um, to do with markets, whether it's buying GameStop or AMC or whether it's closing uh, trades, taking profits, anything in mass scale will have tremendous, tremendous moves and volatility. And and this is why we, we talk about, you know, liquidity, like, are we going to run out of liquidity? And what I mean by that is, you know, if everyone is buying, like we saw in GameStop, whether it's directly the stock or, or via, via call options, that's a liquidity squeeze in a different way. Whereas if everyone's selling everything, that's a liquidity squeeze in the opposite way, right? So we need to be aware of margin rates. We need to be aware of, you know, hubris. We need to be aware of irrational exuberance. And the thing with this is that we can be aware of all this and we could still be wrong. Like we could still be wrong. Like, for example, ever since probably April or May, people have still been saying this is going to be a crash coming. Think about it. People missed one of the greatest opportunities in 2020 um, to buy amazing companies at 30 to 40% drop discounts in a span of a month. And they missed the boat. And then they kept saying, this is, you know, a dead cap bounce. Bro, I see it every day. Dead cap bounce. This is it. This has got to end. j keeps printing. Look at inflation. You know, Bitcoin to the moon. Everything sucks. It's all rigged. It's got to crash. I hear this again and again, and again. And here we are, you know, jump just, just until last week, we were at all-time highs. Mm-hmm. Imagine the person who's sitting there who's missed this, right? And they're making up every excuse for why the market can drop. So we need to always be aware. I'm aware, but even someone like me cannot get the timing right. Think about it this way. My GameStop trade, okay, you know, which I lost 150 grand. I took it off not because, you know, I needed to, I took it off to just preserve capital and because it went way beyond the risk metrics and i was just tired after elon's tweet um after hours I was, I was just like what are the odds like you know what the the, the stars have aligned against me and i'm not going to fight that so i just i just said screw it uh but as we know uh if i would have carried it for another two weeks i would have done really well i would have made money instead of losing 150 so that's a huge gap so notice how your thesis can be right but your timing is mm-hmm. wrong and that's all that matters ultimately that's all that matters Where if you lost money, then you can be right all you want, but you lost money, right? I was right, but I still lost money, right? And it's me. So if it can happen to someone like me, it can happen to anyone, right? So we need to be very careful when it comes to saying, oh, markets are going to go to the moon and, and stocks will only go up. But also on the flip side, if we feel like things are aligning where we are going to see a drop... I've seen it so many times where I'm like, okay, this could be it, it's gonna drop, but nope, the dip gets bought or you know, Jerome Powell comes in and saying, oh, we're gonna keep rates low. Like it's just uncanny, it's like to me as if, I don't know if this is higher being just keeping the market going and I am tired of trying to fight that by using data and because none of it, it just goes out the window. High margin rates, you know, all time highs, pandemic, look at the market, people were like so blown away. How can a stock market be at all time highs when we're in the midst of a pandemic, when you know hundreds of thousands of people are 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 getting sick and dying, uh, you know the macro
1: unemployment, business collapsing, business that's, is dying. It, 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 you name it, the world's de- your your world's um, deglobalizing. Government governments are fighting each other more and more. Yeah. You know, countries are cover uh, businesses are pulling out of countries. That's a that's a deflationary environment.
2: People don't I, want to work at offices. People are like the our entire world. Changed last year. I don't think people fully understand in how big of a way that happened until maybe we're past this and until the next few years, we'll realize, wow, we're no longer going to work in the office at the same level as we did, okay, in 2019. Just that happening. We can have zero percent COVID, we can have everyone vaccinated and everyone clear, and we're still not going back to the previous normal, which was having. 100% 100% workforce back into the office. It's just not happening. No, some no, of them will, no but some of them will now be perfectly permanently. Gone, uh, yeah. you know, work from home. Even retail, some of the retail will not be small mom and pop stores just a have already gone under. And and uh, and if they're still there, they won't come back to the same level. Why? Because Amazon, Walmart, Costco, all these companies have just further gobbled up what their the minimum
1: wage, the minimum wages, the taxes rising, inflation wow. costs are rising yep. every there's so many macro and economic trends that are marginalizing the middle and lower class, medium like and small man. businesses, and they're getting marginalized and that's just going to make it harder.
2: And I feel like, but guess what? Then we have the opposite side. We have the government, we have the regulators, we have the politicians backstopping the average person. Think about it this way. Do you remember any time in your life where, the government handed you like cash, money, either by direct deposit or a check um, for just being alive, pretty much. That's what's happened. This is the welfare state. This is the welfare state. It's literally like we we complain about socialism, but I don't know, like people hate socialism. They hate these certain concepts, but they're okay collecting the checks. They're okay (laughs) taking the money, right? They're okay talking about politicians did this and that, but why are you, but then, when it comes time to taking money, oh, socialism goes out the but window. Because they don't, they don't. A lot of people don't realize that there's a cost to everything. First off, so when they
1: get paid this money, they don't understand that it's just coming from the printing press, which in reality is borrowed money from the unborn
2: future. Somewhere, it's going to have to come from somewhere. And and yeah. modern modern monetary policy is a is a exactly. very very big rabbit hole, and it's a very complex thing. But ultimately, it's supposed to come from somewhere. And it's the future. They... It's the unborn. But that's where the inflation comes from, right? And everything goes up it's in like cost.
1: Gonna... There's more wow. money in the market. There's less production.
2: You'll be like, you know, depending on what country someone is in, I mean, we'll be technically based on previous expectations of how things work with taxes and, and all that. We can expect higher taxes, you know, more spending cuts from from our government in various different areas, whether it's uh, schooling, whether it's housing, there's going to be cuts, there's going to be increase in taxes. So really, we collectively are going to be paying for this in the yeah, future. Exactly. Uh, it doesn't matter if someone collected, you know, a few thousand in, in, in dollars in checks, like Canada, just honest to God, Canada just fucking gave it away. Yep. Like we literally gave people money away. There's people that I've heard of that had running failing businesses, failing small businesses, it's garbage businesses. They were shitty at running a business and they were on the verge of going under and then COVID came and they got paid. What? Tens of thousands of dollars just to stay open.
1: I know people. I know people in uh, in in like Morocco in the, in Europe that they're collecting money and they're not even here. There's kids that were working one day a week traditionally in the summer, one day a week. All of a sudden, COVID, they can't get their job, so yep. now they're getting they're staying home and they're getting paid full get
2: salaries get, basically. Get, bro, electronics. Like, remember you couldn't find like TVs, computers, you know, monitors, everything, even consoles. Like, you know, the new console generation started, which is how. A lot of people were thinking about GameStop being bullish. You still cannot buy. I mean, at least I know from here, you cannot buy an Xbox or PS Five. Still, still. There, there's also so a chi- th- the th-
0: there's a there's a chip shortage right now too. I think it's a global. There's chip that for- too.
2: Obviously, there's shortages and slow down from the manufacturers, Sony, uh, you know, Microsoft. But demand is still there. Like, you know, people. How are they getting it if they're so bad in, in terms of income and and with unemployment? How are they getting it? Because they literally got backstopped. I remember in 2009 and 10, there was an outrage when Wall Street got bailed out. Rightfully so, there was an outrage. I challenge people to think about it this way. Prove to me that 2020, and even up till now, because there's still in the US, still another stimulus portion yet to come. um, I challenge someone to think, didn't the government backstop the average person Didn't they bail out the average person? Didn't they bail out Main Street? You know, I I find it so ironic that people will only complain when it doesn't serve their purpose. The moment it serves their purpose, it's like, it's fine and dandy. It's fine. It's okay. You know, (laughs) like
0: double standard almost.
2: Double standards to the max. And I'm tired of it because... People will apply to everything. People apply double standards to many things, and it's just a fallacy of human beings. Um, I mean, again, another concept we could go on for long. But the fact of the matter is, we are in an unprecedented environment. We, against all reason, we continue to be in an unprecedented environment. I thought 2020 was going to magically. I mean, to my own naivety, I thought 2020. The moment you turn the calendar, or you know, it changes on your on your computer, the low number of the bottom right hand status bar goes to 2021. I thought things were going to change. Obviously, you know, that's stupidity, but here we are. N- things didn't really change in terms of going back to normal. It just got even more crazy. Uh, and we are not even in the end of February yet.
1: It's only any worse. We have the 1.9 trillion dollars is about to get passed this week. We have that plan. And I guarantee you right now in Canada, we're going to do another one. I can I, promise I you that.
2: Right, I would not be surprised, I,
1: I really believe in Canada. We can do it because think of it. There's no Canada. Like, just take Montreal and Quebec for example. It's a disaster here. Too many businesses. Too many people are not don't have jobs. That yeah. it, then the government says well, we're gonna take care of you, but you caused the problem. But now you're gonna say you're gonna take care of us, and the only way for you to take care of us is by marginalizing the the youth
2: and the poor people. I said this to my friends, you know, and I'm gonna paraphrase here. The government paid businesses in the summer to stay open. Right, they handed out money. They handed out money to individuals. Right, two thousand. You know, the U.S. people were like, "We got two thousand dollar check or whatever." That's peanuts to what the Canadians got. Canadians got approximately two thousand dollars Canadian put into their bank account every, every month, month up until mm-hmm. six or eight months. That's twelve thousand dollars. Oh, and it continued. They did it another cycle? I mean, I don't even know because I just, I just. Oh I no, mean, no, there's five, two eight. cycles. It was a six
1: month period. And then they extend it. So first time it was the PC, it was the C I was, was the CERB. And now it's the CRB. So it's 12 months in total. So it's yeah. actually a year. I heard about that. And I heard here's about that. the thing. If you're on EI in Canada, if you're on unemployment insurance and you you're done after a year, you can go to the PCU and collect more months of payment. It doesn't count. I'm telling you, we are
2: going to hit 2 trillion is, of debt soon. Why, why do I risk hundreds of thousands of dollars when I could, when it, you know, like I should just, just stop trading and just, uh, you know, get served free money.
1: This is the welfare state. This is what's encouraging people. It's it's a, like you said, man, it's a total, it's a perfect storm. You have people that are staying at home because of government. Okay. Then you have the fact that, well, you, because of the fact that people are staying home, can't go find jobs. And then you take the fact that most young people are very risk on and very greedy by nature, which kind of fuels the whole Reddit space and the small cap space. So you have all this energy in there. Then you have the government paying them to stay at home, to take all this money. So they're just. And they just want to make
2: that money. Paid hey, to speculate. They're using exactly. money that they never. So look, it's a common thing. Anytime I work hard for something, I'm gonna think twice about spending. Yeah. Someone gives me money. Oh yeah, fuck it. You know, I'm buying oh, yeah. this, buy that. And, but, and I see it with the younger generation, and probably a. And they're the
1: future it. of the economy. Like that scares me a little because they're not being taught the lessons of how money is worth, yeah. how you derive to getting money, where money comes from. They're not. They're. They're. they're like, that lesson is out.
2: Yeah. It's out of the, it just goes out the window. And what are people doing? They're doing stupid stuff with it. If you are at least buying something from a small business with that money that you got, I get it. At least you're paying HST or you're paying uh, you know, a state or provincial tax. You are supporting a local business. At least you're buying something. Pay so off you debt, go and put man. it into the market in GameStop, you go and do that or you go and like gamble it with, with, with poker online or you like you just do something, buy some stupid thing off of some uh, wholesaler in China. Like, you're not supporting the economy. You're not doing no. any of that. You got money. You didn't really earn. Well, well, here we are, here we are. And, and this is kind of like, we're going to see the fallback. We're going to see the events and maybe not this year, but these things take time. I mean, look yeah. at the housing market, the housing market. There's been many people I'll tell you right now that I've heard of because they live in a family. They live like five, six people living together. Each person I can speak with in Canada. I don't know about the U S but each person got $2,000. Let's say you have a family of, four. Okay. And they collected $2,000 for even six months, maybe even five months. So let's just make it simple. $10,000. Okay. Over five months, someone got, remember they haven't worked as zero, no No output, able or working on the other side or doing something that's extra money. So think about it this way. Each person got $10,000 over five months, span of summer. You have five people in the household. That's $50,000 people that didn't have money for a down payment. Went and put that towards a down payment on a house that they really had no business buying. And at this point, what happened when this happened on a large scale? Housing has just gone further. I honestly thought we we're gonna see a pullback in housing. Boy, was I wrong! You know, it's gone. Housing is far.
1: correlated to the, uh, is heavily correlated to interest rates.
2: Yeah, it's obviously we have we have low interest rates. The the, the Canadian government. Up do you and- think?
1: Do you think we'll be able to get out of it? I don't think we'll be able to get out of it. I I personally think it'll be like Japan. We're gonna be st- we're stuck here.
2: I honestly have stopped even even kind of trying to pretend what's going to happen because everything I have learned in terms of, to a certain extent of market structure, to a certain extent based on economic policy, monetary policy has been thrown out the window. Okay, it's been thrown out the window. So it would be stupid of me to just rely on things that have frankly just been just scratched out. Um, it sucks, but here we are. Uh, and I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm hoping for a pullback or some form of normalcy in real estate. Um, is it, I Before I could say things with some level of confidence. Um, I mean, it's sad. I know this is not the answer people want, but I cannot say with any level of confidence that even the housing market comes down. Because I can't say with any level I, of confidence. Really... I, the market crashes you I, I
0: know I know why you're saying that it's because you know myself you Nick like we understand how this thing the economic machine works right forget theory we learned that in school or wherever like the basics of supply and demand and that was like, the wrong stuff too that that I mean, it was a good starting point that's what honestly yeah, to be honest that's what got design. me that's what got me inspired to what I'm doing today. So I think you know everybody's got a different show for it. But um I think it's almost like you're just gonna have to wait And you post this often, man. You're like, sometimes the best trade is just sit on your hands like this. Just sit, you know, because that's the best thing you can do. And, you know, we we live in a society now. I was talking to another broker and he goes, man, he's like, your generation, you're a bunch of fucking headline babies. Like all you do is chase the biggest headline and you just talk about that. And then you make it seem like you're a fucking expert in that field. And I'm sitting back here and I'm just like, dude, like, where's logic at this point? Like a guy like Riz, who's trying to teach the students, listen, there's a fundamental system, you know, there's moving averages. They work, they regress. If it overextends, it goes back to the mean stuff like that. It just, and that when that stuff blows up in your face, you're like, okay, wait, something is wrong right now. There's something
2: systematically wrong that needs to be addressed. This will blow your mind. When I buy hundred thousand dollars worth of Pfizer when I buy two hundred thousand dollars worth of Unilever check out my recent YouTube video this stuff goes lower and then I see failing bankrupt companies move up hundreds of percent in a span of a few weeks it shakes your belief in everything that you know about markets and what you know I've the problem it hurts me so much is because I've been doing it for 13 years. And to someone who's 60 years old, 13 years is fuck all. But someone who's 29 years old, I'm 29 years old, 13 years means I've been doing this since I was 16 years old. This is my entire adult life. And when you see that, essentially everything that you've learned, everything that you know, that you believe, just implodes. It's a hard pill to swallow. And... I still obviously believe that, you know what, we should eventually get back to some form of of normalcy, some form of comprehension and common sense. I just have to be here long enough and stay in the game long enough to get to an environment that's suitable to me. An environment that was suitable to me in the markets was March. Last year, I made over a million dollars trading. Why? One of the reasons was because of March, April. Right. Uh, and I said I remember very clearly, I remember in March and I told my elite members, I said, guys, we're in an opportunity, not maybe not in once in a lifetime, but once in the last decade, where the market has pulled back to a level where I feel there's more upside and downside. We're looking at a probability probability ways. And these are not for penny stocks, these are for large, great, amazing companies. I say we go in and I think by the end of the year, we have the opportunity to suit so well that we're going to look back and say this year was one of the most profitable years uh, in trading of my entire life. And that applied to me. And I know it applied to many, many of my students and members. And I'm very, very happy about that fact. Because regardless of how much money I make or lose, I mean, it's it's inconsequential, man, to me. I mean, what am I going to, you know, like, I don't really, I live a simple life. I mean, clearing aside and everything like that, but <laughs> I live a pretty, you know, low key life. And to me, it's not about more money. I just do things because I enjoy it. Because being 29 or 28 or 27, whatever the age, you know, I was when I was younger, I thought to myself, you know, I'm not going to retire, like retiring, it's fucking boring, like you die sooner because you're just your brain's not working, you have nothing to do. There's only so much you can be on a yacht. There's only so much things you can do just hanging around and chilling, right? So I needed a purpose. And I find that I'm really, really happy because I see people do well. And last year was one of the best years for me and, and for many of my students. So I look at it like, holy crap, the world literally got shook to its core and the markets were still there. We are still here and we were able to do well, right? We were able to do well. And to me, that's all that matters.
1: Uh, you know what's funny is in March, when that pullback occurred, first off, I didn't see it ha- recovering that quick. I knew it was a buying opportunity. I just didn't expect the pullback to be like that. That, I mean, given, I'm pretty sure most people would never expect it a significant. No, I, I, recovered. I not But to then that what's funny was I would tell people I was going, okay, guys, like people, you know, random conversations. Yeah, you know, market starting collapses. It's it, it starting to get a uh, interesting to start buying. And a lot of people are like, so, yeah, but I don't know because the, every before everybody always thought. But well, what happens when everything goes to zero? What happened to the whole market collapse? Everybody was afraid. It, it, you know, like that was the main narrative of when it came to the stock market. It was such a hard thing to talk about with people. All of a sudden, we're a year in, market's pulling back ten percent, and people are going, yeah okay, let's go, let's go. We're gonna throw everything in. Let's go in, buy the dips, buy the dips. Just there's. They the uh, they, they don't they can't contextualize the overall market, so they just think that things bounce down and just go back up, and then they're going off like Portnoy. Portno thinks that like every stock just goes up because well markets just go up, so stocks only go up. And then it's like
2: that, but that guy. I mean, I don't like him. He's literally a gambler. I mean, I, I mean, I know he has his fan base, but I mean, yeah. Either way, yeah. I know you you nailed it in a sense that.
1: I always tell people to look at Japan because Japan's a perfect example of how you can hit a peak and then 31 years it never went back to Nikkei. The lost
2: decade, right? It's called a lost Three decades. Decade. Three decades were lost yeah, on that. Exactly. I mean, it's just like we need to be aware. And this is why I tell people I mean, you know, there's room for passive investing, there's room for swing trading, but people need to be aware of the pros and cons of each, right? People think, well, I'm just going to put all my money in the S&P 500 index ETF, and then 10 years, I'm going to be a millionaire because of previous historical annualized returns. Great. But do we know that's going to be the next 10 years? Mm -hmm. Hasn't the world shifted? Hasn't humanity's core foundation shifted enough to be mm -hmm. able to question that what an annualized return on a market was over the last 10 years may not be so for the next 10? So I have zero money in any kind of like passive stuff. I never have and I never will. Why? Obviously, because I'm an, I'm, I'm an outlier in terms of the results that I can yeah. do. Right. It would be stupid of me to put money in the passive because stick with, you know, you know. why, why, why would I do that? Because I just be not backing myself. Right. I would be effectively taking my own edge off the table and making less frankly. Um, because if I had money in the S and 500 last year and just put all my money in the index, I would have made maybe 15%, 10%, something like that. Not even right? uh, For the year. And ultimately you have to know the pros and cons. So people that are kind of bring it back circle, people that are buying GameStop. Great. You feel like it's going to go to a thousand. Make sure you know that in your internal self that, okay, I'm hoping for it to go to a thousand. Most people have no idea why they wanted to go to a thousand because of someone else just said it. But ultimately if they have their thesis and they're sticking to it and they're okay with it, then more power to them, you know? Mm-hmm. If someone is okay jumping out of an airplane with a parachute, that's that's fine, right? Some go- people,
1: can't, people can't develop theses. That's the issue. That's the problem. They, they so, can't develop a I thesis think- and they don't know how to establish parameters around their yeah, thesis. Have,
2: of course, the, the, you know, the whole basis of creating a thesis is you have to be able to identify a thesis. You have to be able to identify certain parameters, like you said, to be able to create one. Someone who is just opening a brokerage account because their friend, said by AMC has no right to have a thesis. Even, even though they're going to say they do. stocks go up, that's their thesis. And I'm, and
1: that's
2: it.
0: I, I'm, I'm smiling right now because I, and I'm sure Riz your DMS just blow up. What do you think about this stock? What do you think about that stock? What do you think about AMC? Well, and like, I, I'm just thinking to myself, I get these messages all the time from people. And look, if you're listening, I appreciate the followers. I really do, but I'm just going to have to say this. People are always looking for a bandwagon type of trading idea. They think that, oh, because this person knows something, I should bandwagon off of him. And it's created, and I don't want to disrespect people that are very successful at this, but you know, I'm on a lot of Discord channels. I think they're great, but we've, Created this retail society or retail group of investors who can't think for themselves anymore. There's zero creativity. There's zero input into like, oh, why don't? Why would I like? Why would I buy this stock if it's trading at one times you know free cash flow? And like that's what like that's literally what I've been doing is I've been finding like I trade small caps, a little bit of large caps too, Riz, but. You know, when you look at the valuations of these and you start generating, you're saying, okay, there's a macro theme happening. Like I'm long energy and oil right now, totally long energy and oil just because of the macro sphere. But when you have people asking you like, what do you think about this stock, that stock? Like, how do we break this cycle of
2: like dependence on other people's trading ideas? Because- We can't, we can't. Honestly, I wish I could give you any, we can't. I had to accept this the hard way. People are going to continue to ask. And then questions go, the frequency of questions Go higher as markets get frothier. So crypto, no one asked me at all about crypto in 2018, 2019, 2020 and 2021 significant part of questions are about BTC. Where do you go? Do you think hundred thousand? I'm just like, I don't know where it's going to go. I can just tell you what my position is, which is by transparency, I can tell you zero. I have no position in crypto. I'm not a crypto basher or whatever, everyone to their own, but I just don't have any. I got out completely in end of 2017. I documented it in real life. I said, this is, you know, when I'm getting out and I'm completely getting out. I closed Ethereum, BTC, everything. End of 2017, when BTC was about 20,000 a coin, I have not gotten it since then. And if someone made money, great. You know, it has to do with trading um, based on your own, thesis and like like we discussed earlier most people don't have a thesis so what can they do try and latch on to what someone else yeah exactly. says. i always tell my students i say look i'm taking this trade. uh you don't need to ask me how i feel about it because i'm literally showing you what i'm doing that should be enough for you to understand but that does not mean that you have to do it that does not mean that you should do it like i could like like for example GameStop. stop like i ended up short like you know a significant amount mm-hmm. does that mean that someone should End up? No. I told my students, like, don't touch this stuff. Don't touch this. You know, if you want to go long, go long and know that this is money that you may never see again, okay? But shorting, simply because of the, the nature of having infinite theoretical losses, I couldn't recommend it. But here I was in the trade myself, right? That went completely against me. So...
1: Well, your curiosity got to you, right? Did you... It Was it your curiosity that got you? Were you... Uh, were you? Was it that, like... I mean, I get it. You know, it was fascinating. Even me, I was asking myself. I was like, oof. Like... I, I wanted to, I wanted to test myself a little when it went to the top, I was like, but then I told myself, first off, I don't, I don't want to touch these things because I, 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 I I'm, I'm very much, I, I liked watching a lot of sentiment and psychology and the, the the the, chaos and the, 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 the rippling effect of going back and forth. It was like, I don't like it. And to me, it always says, like you said, right. It reverts back to the mean that's what vibrations is. That's what chemistry it's what physics. It's with human behaviors. It's what stock market. It's what everything, everything reverts. So it was like, Nope. Don't just stick to your psychology. Just don't touch, don't touch, don't
2: touch. I'll explain to you briefly, very quickly, how I got into the trade. So what I did, I'm a math, like I'm not a math whiz. I'm not a, like, I don't just simply like, I'm not an accountant or, or someone like that for a living or anything, but I like to things, think of things in in sort of numbers and quantify them, right? I don't just go solely based off the cuff because opinions are useless, whether it's mine or someone else's, um, all we can do is sort of, uh, provide weighting and back into it. That's it. But when it comes to markets trading, I can look at data. I can look at numbers. I can personify it and and actualize it with numbers. So that's what I did. What I did was I shorted, I naked shorted calls, meaning GameStop was, I think, like, I don't know, like a a $50 or something. I'm like, it's already up a couple hundred percent. Let me short the higher up calls. The percentage of GameStop going up another hundred percent after it's already gone up 200%, I mean, statistically, was yeah, exactly. Was below one percent. So now think about. So when you think about it this way, I'm taking a trade that is a positive expectancy. I've tried to manage my ex- risk. I've done the the work. Okay, I haven't just blindly bet against it or, or shorted it. So I did those short calls, not anticipating it to go another two, three hundred percent from there. So I got caught in the playing book. the probabilities. You're oh, playing the probabilities. the probabilities. Yes. And I got caught in a black swan event. I mentioned it many times. I literally got caught in a black swan event. And am i not going to justify, you know, me losing 150. It's, it's a loss. It's a loss. It was on the wrong side of the trade. But when I look at the numbers, when I look at the math, which I did before even placing the trade, that's what it was. It was the perfect storm. I could not ever in my wildest dream think Chamat is going to come in, buy $500,000 worth of calls and blast it on Twitter. I never in my mind thought the next day Elon's going to tweet after hours tweeting game stonk and then tag Wall Street but I never in my mind could have factored that and and neither could any mathematical model. So when I had that statistical probability of having 99% chance that this is going to win, in fact, it was higher than 99%. Statistically, it was actually a 0.01% chance of happening. I don't know about you guys, but to me, that is a very, 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 very minuscule chance of occurring. And to me, that's a black swan event. Um, And these things happen. Ultimately, the lesson is, know how the trade works. I knew the risk could be infinite um, because then I got assigned. I got assigned a hundred shares short at the strike I shorted. And I shorted on many, many contracts. Okay. So for every contract I had that represents a hundred shares. And imagine if I just did the opposite. Imagine if I instead of shorting the calls, I bought the calls. Obviously that's a completely different trade, but then I would have made, fuck, who knows, right? But this is just... It doesn't matter. I never think like I could have made it. You you don't
0: think like that. It's not like, you know, when a trade happens, you don't look back and you're just like, fuck it. Exactly.
2: Move on. After I lost 150, I'm like, okay, you know what? So I scalped like $10,000 worth in profits the next day. Okay. In GME. So I made back 10 grand out of that 150. Then what I do is I'm going to buy, I'm going to take the opposite side because I think this still has legs. So what I did was I bought call options across my accounts. So I bought calls and then I made like about 30, 40% in a day on those calls. And I made a few grand of that back. But if I would have held, I would have made probably 25 to 30 grand just in one day from those calls. Uh, But I didn't because I closed it because I looked at the risk management. I thought I'm okay taking the profits. Obviously I can't tell the future. So when that happened, people were like, oh my God, Riz, if you would have held, I'm like, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Exactly. Right. If I I've done God knows how many tens and tens of thousands of trades. If I were to look at every single one and, and say it went here after I got out, I could either be happy or sobbing because this is the nature of it. No matter what we do, there's always going to be a point where we get in and get out and it goes up after we get out. But there's also many instances where it went down, right? So we can't pick and choose. A lot of people are like, oh, it's went up 100% after I got out. But what about the other trades that dropped 20%? You know, what about all these things that you would have been holding the bag on if you hadn't got out when you did? So this is a very, very psychological thing and things that people need to eventually learn. And that will only happen by experience and with enough seat time.
1: Enough. People want, people want the perfect trade. People want the bottom, bottom, and they want the top, top. You could tell from the way they talk about stocks. It's like I would I rather agree, be, yeah. I would rather be a third in and get out two thirds up, yeah. and make sure I focus on the middle range because that's where you're statistically just better. Makes more sense. No, instead you're looking for the bottom, bottom, and then you want the top, top.
2: Yeah. No, think of it this way. Um, and again, I, I'm not, you know, too big on guns right I'm not like, but I do know a little bit, and I can tell you. So when you are training for to, to, to you know for with firearms or whether you're going into the law enforcement or whether you're going into uh the military contrary to belief of what we see in movies we're like yeah shoot for the eight headshots and we play call of duty or whatever headshots do more damage blah blah blah. but reality is they tell you to aim for the mass which is the largest part yes, exactly. and like the largest part is in the middle. It's distribution. So find, shoot someone in point blank in the head because your chances are very slim. So, what do you do? You aim at and shoot at the largest point of mass, which is the torso region. Exactly. Okay. So, what you said is it precisely the case. And that's just an analogy that I make that what we think and what we want is a bit different. We want that John wick type of scenario, right? You know, get someone in the head and double tap. It doesn't work that way. The reality is very much different and we need to look at numbers. We need to be able to quantify things. And ultimately I think it's a journey. Not everyone is going to learn. I can tell them all this, but they won't really know until contextualize it until they do it themselves, until they yeah. go through it. I have many people, and this is part of learning. I had to learn this too. I had to learn this, right? Yeah. People have a lot of resources and tools. In fact, too much out there now. It's yeah, just a, way too
0: know. much. It's now almost it's, like you need like 17 screens now that everyone's yeah. like, oh, this guy's an expert. It's like, dude, just look TikTok two screens.
2: TikTok followers someone has and somehow indicated how much money they make or how good <laughs> they are. Like, like, it just like, it blows my mind how much clout some of these people have, but they never showed them getting in a trade. They've never showed their account balance. They've never showed their PL. They've never showed their transaction history. They've never showed their dividends. Who would, In what dimension do you get on an airplane with a pilot who has never exhibited the ability to fly a plane? That's exactly what people are doing. They're taking lessons and learning from someone who's never really proven that they can do it or do it for a sustainable amount of time. And one year isn't much. Like these people look, I've been trading for one year as if it's some kind of certification of of success. But one year is fuck all. You know, one year is fuck all. It takes nine months for a baby to be born for fucks sake. Right. Like it just it's, it's Do you weird. think do you guys think do you guys think that okay? So
1: let's say everybody ends up being able all this is over. People could finally go out, COVID's over, liquidity is over, people can't spend hours on a computer anymore. So the market collapses. Do you think that the fear and the lesson that people are gonna learn from this is gonna be far greater than the lesson of the dot-com bust? That people will be more afraid moving forward. People will be afraid to touch stocks more than ever before.
2: No, um, nope. no. So, in two thousand and eight, I'll tell you, we learned that many people that got burnt didn't enter. But there has to, we have to understand context. If this way, if we see a crash and we see it go down, people are not going to be any less favorable to them. They already were. There's a large subset of the population. They're older than us, but there's a large subset that got out or lost a bunch of their investments for whatever reason. Maybe they panic sold or got out at the bottom that never re-entered. Okay. That won't happen in this case, or quite so because the context will be different when we see a pullback and I'll tell you right now, I can't even fully tell you to this day that we're going to see a crash or a drop. Corrections are fine. Remember corrections of up to 10%. They should happen. They're healthy. They can happen. We just saw, you know, like a 2% type of pullback in the last couple of days. But then we had a big buy up today. So those are fine. But a crash is anything above, you know, 20, 25%. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to see one this year. Uh, because I look not at
1: all of- this year, not necessarily this year, just but in the, the, the sense that, because like when people realize that unemployment doesn't stop going up. Businesses keep collapsing going printing money keeps occurring. Uh, labor costs are going up. Commodity cost prices are going up. Oil prices are going up. Poor people, more poor. There's more poor people than ever before. Uh, North America keeps bringing in people from other countries that we pay for. Uh, bureaucracy keeps going up. We're hiring more politicians. They're spending more on programs to just make a show. And that doesn't actually produce anything productive because I believe that I really think that we have a very economically ignorant government yeah. that doesn't understand the, the principles of yeah. allocation yeah. of capital.
2: Um, many of the people in position. So here's what I shared with my, my friends and, and close students. I said, we stupidly were led to believe that people in positions of power, you know, politicians, they all, and I don't care about the side or the, you know, the the party type, I don't care, I, I'm unbiased, I don't give a shit, I say whatever I want, because I earned the right to, um, and that's for both sides, and ultimately, I feel like politicians, regulators even, we thought that because they're in the position of power, they're leaders, they you know, at, they're at the top of this kind of food chain to make decisions, we thought wrongly that they mm-hmm. knew what was right, they knew what the correct course of action was after 2020, I hope people realize (laughs) that these people have no fucking clue. I would say they're even less competent and less capable than some very select, bright individuals that maybe we don't even know of, right? But here we are. We are living in a society where it's clear to us that no longer does it mean because someone is, you know, sort of, the head of a regulatory agency or the head of this uh, kind of uh, political party doesn't necessarily mean that they know what they're doing or what they're going to do is for the best of others.
1: I always say say that economics, so economics is a game of resource allocation, okay? Politicians are playing a game of votes and favors. So they will leverage resources to their benefit and to maintain that benefit. So they were willing to burn resources to solidify that position. Whereas economics, you won't do that.
2: Right, so you you bring up a good a good point, and it's a lesson for us. It's a lesson after 2020 because I get it. It's also unprecedented. Um, You know, no no politician learned how to you know or had experience on how to react to a pandemic. So you got to give them that. No politician, no one, and it sucks, but it is what it is. But ultimately, after the dust has settled, we can realize that across everything, not just in politics, but across all industries, we have to mm. put a, an accounting of for people that are in power in leadership positions. Are they actually capable of doing what they're capable of, what they say they're doing? Are they actually capable of seeing us through? Are they actually capable of leading and doing the right thing? And I genuinely believe that not everyone who's in a position of power has is a leadership position should be. And, and I think that's indicative after everything that's happened, look at Texas, right? And it's not any individual singles blame, but there's enough of a create, like think about first of all, what kind of a world we're living in where you have Texas of all places in a deep freeze the richest
0: okay. state in America by the did way Did you
2: see did you see
1: did, wait before we continue did you see the videos there with Barstool where the guy was showing the video of this person talking about how Bill Gates is responsible for the snowfall the government and Bill Gates was responsible for the snowfall in Texas <laughs> We're
0: going so down this the rabbit this girl hole <laughs> So this
1: girl in the video one of the guy one of the Barstool guys he's in the video he take the girl goes outside she gets the snow and then, uh, she starts melting it with a gun. And she's like, but it's not melting. And the guy takes and the guy does it. He goes, if you put fire to water or ice, it evaporates. It doesn't start creating water. It creates vapor. So it was like, like it was, just, it was just a deep conspiracy of people going oh, yeah. nuts, man. This I world
2: mean, is falling apart. Believe, again, vaccine, what, what people's thoughts are on vaccine and the efficacy of it and how efficient they are, that's their own, but people still believe to this day, a small subset you know, there's chips in the vaccine and Bill Gates is the one who, who, who you know, got everyone is trying to get everyone chipped and, and, and created this virus. And I always say to this with any theory, I always say, whether you want to label it a conspiracy or not, with any theory, I say, OK, can you please present me evidence? For validation, data. something to validate the thesis. Right? Like, exactly. Like if I if I will place a trade that I I look at a few parameters when I place a trade why can't I do the same thing with with other things outside the world? And people don't understand that, right? We are more critical thinkers. Maybe we we have our biases, of course, and we have our own kind of slant of who we prefer. But ultimately, as long as we think things through, and as long as we can try and present data, then that's all matters. It doesn't matter what I think. If someone presents me the data that- It's the scientific way. Yeah. If I'm short GameStop and someone tells me that, dude, you are so fucking wrong, that GameStop is a you know, should be about a hundred billion market cap because of their free cash flow and because of their, they're doing this and because their model, their financial models change and because they have this unique proprietary technology or something, then I'm all game. You know, I, I'm, I'm here, I'm open to hear. Same way with anything else, whether it's Bill Gates chipping everyone or creating the virus or whether it's, you know, the market is rigged. I have for any crazy, I don't want to call it crazy, but for any out there theory, I have not been presented any form of evidence, right? So what do you have to go with that at that point, right? It's, it's tricky, it's tough. And I get it. We're, we're in the age of misinformation um, it's too no because There's too age. much because yeah. there's
1: too much people. It's, much. it's the time. Like people have not, are not good at processing data very well yet because there's so much information, their brains are overloaded with data and their oh, mind yeah. have the, their, their frontal prefrontal cortex has not been able to adapt and stabilize yeah. and find an equilibrium in all this data.
2: Absolutely. And it doesn't help that obviously with technology corporations, massive amounts of of outreach and and capability, they can cater to what we see, right? We know this, right? You know, algorithms and algorithms are very catchy now, but we know that, look, Dan and Nick, if you like markets, you prefer markets, you follow me, you maybe follow a few other traders, you are looking at stocks. None of us have to be geniuses to know that Based on your social media, you're probably going to see more market-related stuff, right? You start looking at IG models, you start looking at Victoria's Secret models, and you do that long enough, it's going to start feeding. (laughs) Okay, you know, I I look at cars, I look at this that, so my feed is 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 changing to that or whatever it is. But this is the world we live in, so we have to be very very cautious of what we fall prey to, and. Not everyone's capable of doing that, right? Everyone wants to be right. Everyone wants to be told the right. This it's is the ego. Thing. It's that ego satisfaction right now. Striving. That's, that's human nature. And, and yeah. I always look at things from a point of, if someone is doing something, if someone is believing a conspiracy theory or someone's believing GME, GameStop to $1,000, I never think this person's a moron. Eventually I do. But <laughs> I, I, I first think, why are they thinking that? <laughs> because it's important for my understanding. It's important for me to learn. It's important for my development. Why are they thinking that, right? Uh, Because I'm capable of being wrong. The moment we accept that we don't know everything, me included, the moment we accept that, you know what? There are many, many things that we don't know. We may never know. And there's a huge subset of things on this planet that we have no control over. We have no control over. The more grounded, we will be, you know, I never think that, you know what? I have this much money. I've done all this. I'm the best, or I'm going to be, you know, continue to be wealthy beyond my years. No, I live every day. Okay. And I trade every day as if I could lose it all the next day. This is, you won't hear other people trading gurus and these, these fucking dream sellers and lifestyle promoters tell you that. Because why? Because it, it, it decreases your stature. If I tell you that I've done all this, in my 13 years of trading. And then I also tell you the next day, I don't know if I'm going to have any money. No one wants to fucking hear that. I'd be like, what the fuck? Why would I give this guy money? Why would I listen to this guy?
1: Only selling the dream. It you, you, it doesn't but for the, them perspective. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It feeds they, the narrative too, right? Don't forget. Exactly. Exactly. Dan, you nailed it. I, I'm, I, and when I go to sleep, I always think to myself, I am so fortunate. Again, life's not a cakewalk. I didn't get here easily. Um, And every day is a challenge, but I always think to myself before I go to sleep and say, I'm very grateful, I'm very blessed, but I am so, so extraordinarily blessed because I get to do something I love Mm -hmm. and I get to know that I'm making a positive impact. And with that said, I'm in a position in life where I have to pander to no one. No one owns me, no one gets any right to my opinion. And that is liberating. You know, there's a saying, Mankind is born free, but is everywhere in chains. What does that mean? We are born free. We're born without prejudice, without bias, without political affiliation. You know. But then as we grow up, we have been shifted. We have either by our own choice or by others been kind of twisted, or maybe we represent views that maybe aren't fully ours. Maybe it's because we've seen it so many goddamn times on, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, because we just keep seeing it right? Maybe it's because there's people that have influence over us that are telling us to think a certain way. Who knows? These are things that we need to ask ourselves. And I always ask, you know, say, you know what, I'm so fortunate. I can say as I feel. And the only thing I can control is that I have the right information, that I have the right mindset. Because if I'm spewing garbage, then I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong, right? There's no two ways about it. So I do everything I can to make sure that if I don't know something, I will not fucking talk about it. I remember in March when I started doing weekly uh, webinars because markets were tanking uh, and I did it for free for everyone. It was not paid. And I told people I'm buying this, buy this, buy that. Remember, this is stuff people have to pay me for, okay, for my expertise and time. But I was giving it out and maybe some people listened. Some people did because they messaged me, Riz, I remember your webinar. I made a fuck ton of money. And then they sent me a picture of their account. And I'm just like, awesome. You know, fantastic. You know, you did it. That's your money. Great. But ultimately- you have to understand that, guess what? I I remember when when I saw the pandemic coming through, like just like everyone, I've never been through a pandemic. I never lived through it, never had to prepare for one. Uh, I never pretended that, you know what? We have to do this, we have to do that. I said, look, I have no fucking idea. Here's the data, okay, on this and that's it. Make your own decision. If you think businesses should close, businesses should stay open, if you shouldn't wear a mask, if you shouldn't, I know what I'm doing and that's it. That's it. If you present me with anything that is counter to the information and data on hand, that's widely accepted and, and, and credible, then great. If you don't, then fuck off. I literally went on my stream and I said, you know what, if you have this kind of theory, if you think this is all fake, because there are people dying. I know people that have died from of course. This. So at that point, it was there was like, okay, remember, I remember that, like, oh, maybe it's fake or maybe it's just the flu and people are overblowing it. I get it. I remember that, right? Because we were all new to it. So I get it. I remember people like after a certain point when I saw people getting ill and I heard from people getting ill, I heard from people getting, I'm like, wait, wait, this cannot just be some kind of theory or some kind of thing. This, this is real. Um, now it's everyone to their own to, to kind of mm-hmm. think about what to do about it. That's a different story. But I knew it was, it was real. I'm like, if someone's telling me that is this not real, they're disrespecting the mm-hmm. thousands of people that have died over the past. Remember, this was relatively new. And They're disrespecting that. It's like saying people didn't die in 9/11. The fuck? Like imagine <laughs> saying that now.
0: Yeah. thing. I think it was
2: 3,000 people that died, and I know there's conspiracy theories for that too. Even what 19, 20 years have almost, almost going to be 20 years that since that event happened. But there's still people that have conspiracy theories about it. See, right?
1: My only, my only issue in all this was always the shutting of businesses because by That's shutting right. businesses, I mean, I that mean. was the only thing. Because then you people can't feed them, their kids, people can't, feed.
2: Oh, and then no, you become I dependent I on I the mean. government. That was the only ever argument ever had. The problem is even this, you know, I completely get with you because there's no individual side that I think even for something as concrete as this is right or wrong because there's sides on both camps. So I always think of it this way. I may have a viewpoint, but the other person has a viewpoint. Is it like, is it even semi comprehensible? Is it even semi like thought about? You can think about it. Does it make even somewhat sense? And if it does, then I'm like, you know what? Okay. Okay. They have a bit of a point, you know? I don't have to agree with them, but they have a point. And in fact, there's many doctors, there's many, you know, politicians, there's many people who are on both sides. Why? Because it's, there is something there, right? There is something there. People that say, you know, business shouldn't be closed. They have a point. There's some people that say, okay, maybe business should be closed. And I'm like, okay, maybe I agree, maybe I don't. But they kind of have a point because they're like, you know what? What if we're gonna have more people dying, right? And then the other and people then, are like, then well, the- have so many people dying because businesses are closed. People are going to be resorting to drugs, alcohol, depression. So they have a point too. So you but think- then you
1: remember the, 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 ironic thing is by think of it, right. Because first off the, the welfare state is reinforced when people no longer have jobs. Right. And then the fact right. is, you know, the, for me, it was always this, you know, because I am very much, a, I'm a libertarian. So I very much believe in Liberty and individual, we're right.
2: Libertarian, but let's not get ourselves. We are all to a certain extent capitalists. Absolutely. Oh no 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 no. So look, here, like traditionally you're you're, you're classical
1: classical liberalism is the root of real capitalism, okay? Course, because yeah. you know, so for me it was oh, really yeah. this. I feel like
2: we're like for example, someone can be a libertarian, conservative or liberal, but also be a capitalist, right? Same thing. So if you're Of course. But
1: it, exactly. the thing is a lot of a lot of political ideologies confuse real economic theory. And really messes and and the thing is another funny thing is liberals liberal actually derives from liberalism which is classical liberalism so in reality a true liberal is supposed to be a liberalist not an actual liberal because that's where it derives from so, have, you know the whole the whole
2: political thing people have just 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 fucked it all like <laughs> exactly taking everything that we knew about politics and conservative they're just Ruined everything. They ruined both. Like they, and ruined they control everything. the economy, and they Creed. control the economy. They That's what ruin the they ruined the. They and, they, the control it. and they, they control it. I think they poisoned the minds. Mm-hmm. So many of our people. I mean, if someone's 60, 70, maybe they saw a few Facebook posts and they're not technologically, um, you know, in depth. So then maybe they base their views on what minimal they saw. But for people like us who have access to so much information, so much resources at our fingertips, for us to be poisoned. Our mind to be poisoned is a shame. Is a shame because we are the next, like you said, Nick, in your book, we are the next generation. How take we around. take this baton and move on and how we implement monetary theory, how we implement different, you know, psychological views, how we implement political things into our society. We're going to be the ones doing that. And if we operate from a poisoned mindset, it's just going to get worse. Yes, we are in for a tough time. Yeah. Right. So, you know what? The, the, these are things that are just things that we we have to think about and be aware of. But ultimately, is it going to change? It's foolish to think it's going to change tomorrow, today, even this year. Do you think the guru stuff is going to
1: thrive in the in the next co- like going forward? Do you think the guru stuff is going to thrive? I feel like it's going to die out. I feel like eventually people are going to learn their lessons enough, and I mean rationalize
2: a little, or you know, learn. And I think yes, you're right. I think given enough time. Uh, the the hardest part is the time part. Exactly. Right? We can say with reasonable expectancy that you know something will occur, but that means nothing if we can't get a reasonable time frame on it. Right. Everyone and anyone can say there's gonna be a crash, and there probably will be, maybe before the aliens show themselves. Right? <laughs> but right? So like the other worst case point, scenario is the market
1: just stagnates, it just doesn't go up anymore. Yeah. That's another scenario that could just because, because the liquidity it, because
2: What if we just hit like a 4,000 level in the S&P 500 and and just stays 10% and people are going to be on both camps thinking, Oh my God, this is the start of a crash." Then there's going to also be people buying the dip. So we will find people on both sides. I see it in March. People are telling me, Riz, you're a fucking moron for buying this because this is going down 30% more. I'm like, Oh, is it? Okay. How long have you been trading? Riz, I started last month. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay, great. Thumbs up. And then I just closed the DM because, you know, there's still people telling me, Riz, you don't buy this stock. And I'm like, what's the stock? They're like, dude, it's a new, you know, EV play. But that's, oh, yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah, so everybody, e.
0: every, every, everybody's feeding what is like, and that's, this goes back to what we talked about with Robinhood, because I know when you open Robinhood, the first thing you see is the top stocks that are
2: trending that day. Wealth simple too. Fucking wealth simple. simple <laughs> is so garbage. Wealth simple. If you're watching this, you're so garbage. You're so garbage and stop charging people transaction fees. Uh, for every transaction they do. Let them convert and then hold in a sub-account. Well, it's simple if you're watching this.
1: You know who you know, discovered who owns them? It's PowerCorp. Yeah? Yeah, it's PowerCorp. PowerCorp of Canada that owns them. Yeah. The Demre family. The,
0: the,
2: the yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I heard, I heard, I heard. Yeah, careful, PowerCorp. careful what you say here. We might have them at some point. Just throwing <laughs> that in there. Yeah, I don't want to get you guys in trouble. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to like tame you guys a little bit, but no, but like, but that's, that's really like the the issue right now. And I think it's just something that everybody, whoever is listening to this right now um, you just have to think about that because you're the, 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 the fad is going to be what it is a fad. And when that's over people who are actually understanding fundamentals are going to be the ones that are saying, this is why this is happening. Right. So I feel like if you can be a voice for that, kudos
2: Absolutely. to you, man. Absolutely. I do my best. I'm not always right. I don't know everything. I'm not the smartest person on this planet. You know, I'm not a genius or anything. I do the best I can. And I do it with a clear conscience. I do it in the trans- most transparent way as possible. I remember the last time I came when I told you guys, I shared my account number and mm-hmm. people tried to like log into it because I shared my account numbers. And then many people were like, Riz, why do you share your account numbers? You idiot. I'm like, I know it's stupid, but I do it so that people Us. can See the same account. Just to build trust, too, right? Mm-hmm. You've got yeah, a client transparency. Part. Even to be transparent can negatively impact you. Mm-hmm. Like me getting a call, me getting a notification that there is an unauthorized access to your account. So even being transparent can be a pain. So imagine how hard it is. There's so many people in this world that want to do the right thing, um, but the I environment mean, won't allow them. That don't want to. But there's many people that want to do the right thing, but they just can't. I'm very fortunate. So this is what I was saying. When I can go to sleep, I can be transparent. I can show the wins, losses, me being right and wrong and say what I want and not care because I'm in the position, right? And I'm in that position. I'm very fortunate to be in that position. Yeah, I got to this after a long, you know, while after a lot of struggle, but hey, this is me. And ultimately, I just hope more people can kind of uh, carry this kind of uh, mentality. You know, when I'm you know, old and and, and gray and and done because there's going to be a time that, you know, none of us are going to live forever. I I think it's fair to assume that Mm -hmm. um, no matter the advancements in genomics and all that, but I don't think it's where any of us are going to live forever. So I always live with the fact that maybe, you know, at some point, you know, there's going to be people who have been motivated to do the right thing in the markets. If they are talking about trading, they're going to be transparent. If they're going to be, you know, doing anything, they first say that, you know what, this is a position I have or I don't have. They're not trying to just uh, do anything and everything just for the sake of making
1: money. There's not enough of it. The transparency, the honesty, the markets, especially in the finance world, there's not enough of it. Huh. So, like, that's why, like, you know, when we say everything reverts back to the mean, I think that when it does revert back to the mean, all the gurus, all those fake people, they're the ones that are going to evaporate. And the I ones hope- that are going to left, well, exactly, same thing. I hope too. But the ones that are going to remain at the
2: mean... Are going to be the ones that, regardless of what people thought of them, but it's disheartening because last year I was like, you know what, you know, maybe you know, I've called a few of them out. Maybe people will be better known. Uh, They'll know better, and and they won't make the same mistakes and be gullible, falling for this. And then you know, I I see the opposite. I see more TikTok traders. Uh, and trying to sell and do this. What and scares it, yeah.
1: me now is everyone's trying to sell new crypto coins now. I yeah. see new random crypto stuff popping up, where people are saying, "Buy this one, buy this one."
2: Yep, yep, yep. And it's so, like they've, they like how Robinhood gamified, you know, kind of trading and investing. Trading, yeah. Uh, a lot of these apps and individuals have come in and kind of memified trading and investing in the social like multi-level market.
1: marketing stuff is occurring all oh, yeah. over that, again that's, People...
0: always been... that's a that's Nick, no, no, that's another conversation no 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 though, i
1: yes. meant like in terms of like there's forex stuff now there's forex products yeah. coming in that are like multi-level marketing yeah. where you get them onto your platform oh, yeah. and then you, the money they spend you get a commission off of it oh yeah absolutely. so like that's why it's like it's not so forex the, the small cap space uh crypto yep. it's like yep. it's it's bonkers man it's it feels like that multi-level marketing stuff
0: a lot of the it's like On, on roids though it's like on steroids basically yeah it's
2: and i think maybe this is all part of a bigger cycle you know these things need to happen uh and once we are kind of past this curve of stupidity lunacy excess irrationality and craziness not just in market but in in the lives that we lead now since 2020 hopefully we cross that and then Things start getting a little bit more clear. Uh, can I say with with assurity that it's going to happen, uh, and it's going to happen anytime soon?
1: I can't. You see, that's the thing. the 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 political realm, their economic ignorance, and the way they're going to keep stringing us along the direction they want is only going to fuel and maintain that stupidity. the yeah. The market would would end up reverting back to the mean much quicker and learn from it at a much faster scale and compound that lessons if if the government wouldn't get involved so much the way it did the
2: markets work if government would stop trying to just pump control. and inject this this kind of surge this it's to horrific, control their narrative it's to control their narrative exactly control the narrative or just feed this kind of people this kind of thing that you know what i agree with you because it's, think about it this way life is filled with ups and downs mm-hmm. how do we learn from the down parts if we mm-hmm. don't have any Cross. So like any, how the hell are we going to learn? Like and Peter Schiff always make a great argument. If 2008 had happened
1: normally and you had let it just happen, we wouldn't be in this position now probably.
0: Uh, yeah, no, definitely. And that's honestly, that's that's the one thing that a lot of people who are on TikTok trading stocks just don't understand. Well, they, don't, mm. they do not understand this. This is like literally the fundamental base of how this stuff works.
2: I had someone who, it's funny story. When it, since I mentioned March, she joined us. In March, he, he joined our elite membership in March. He eventually became a student by taking the two different master classes, but he joined us last March. Okay. I know him by name. I've had a few coaching calls with him as well over the phone. And he probably had like $200,000 or something he started with. Okay. Great kid, guy, great guy. And he followed what I said in March. He bought the stuff as I, because I do share like specific stocks uh, to buy that I'm buying and to buy and hold for long term. He did that and he turned about. and about $450,000 this year. And he showed me the picture um, and and the gains and kind of what he holds. And I I realized, well, first of all, like you said, it's all about knowing what you're doing. And if someone doesn't, they're not going to be able to determine the difference between what's right and wrong. And he was just fortunate enough to maybe stumble upon me or whatever. And he was telling me, he's like, Riz, I've done so well, but even I still, remember, The gain that he has is like 140%. It was 140% return and not on a small amount, on 200 grand, okay? And he messaged me a couple of weeks ago. He's like, bro, I completely missed all this GameStop stuff. I didn't get in. I saw these people making money. I see my friends buying these EV companies and they just put money in and made no sense and they made a lot of money. And he's like, I feel like I missed out. I'm like, dude, you had one of the most amazing years last year. You had Most
0: people dream like me, about that stuff too, and you right? still
2: and you feel like you missed out. So I was exactly. like, "Holy crap, why?" And That's the I'm head. like, Dude, I'm like exactly because, like, you're no matter what we do. I even I, I I make money. I feel like oh, I didn't make as much. Right, I lose mm. money. I'm like, oh, why did I lose? They this? want that perfect trade, you know? It's like that We're perfect trade. Either, right? And even for someone like him, it just brought it front and center to me. It's like even someone like him, who who made life changing money, right? In in a span of a year. Uh, because he was obviously in the right place. He took the right information and he actually put it into action, right? There's many people that got the information, but they didn't, Uh, but he did. And he still felt like he missed out. And I'm like, dude, don't worry. You don't need to worry about what people make because if they do it the wrong way, they won't keep it. They won't keep it. This is the nature of markets and it's the nature of life. Think about it this way. Why do we see so many athletes, very gifted, great athletes, But when they get these huge payouts and contracts and maybe they have an injury, maybe they retire. Why do they lose most of their money? Because they don't know how to keep it. So same Um, way I told him this. He's like, okay, I get it. I get it. You know what? I'm not going to chase. I'm not going to chase a few days later. He messaged me. I'm not kidding. A few days later he met me. He's like, dude, you know, the friends I was talking about that made a lot of money, they put money in these things. They lost most, if not all their money because they, just they had no idea of risk management. They, they had no idea what they doing. Was, yeah. Like, dude, never have I ever seen something play out so quickly. I'm like, dude, precisely. I didn't know it's gonna happen, but it doesn't. You don't have to be a genius to know that how this all ends. And I said this with GameStop, and it still applies. You don't have to be a genius to think that even if GameStop gets to a thousand dollars per share for whatever reason, it most likely will not stay there. And that applied when I when it happened at 500 you don't, you can see it, you know, you can see it. And for me, when I lost 150 large, I thought, fuck, you know what, you know what, okay, whatever. After that, I didn't care because I knew I was vilified when the stock eventually came down and it came down to 60, then 50, then 40. We're, we're, we'll always be right on the long-term. The yeah. short-term is we're always, we're gonna have to question. And this is why I have a beef with like things like Short-term trading and day trading and stuff because there's no edge. There's no edge. Contrary to believe, there's no edge in day trading. There's far too much nonsense and bogus. There's no edge in day trading. Why? Because the shorter the time frame in anything in life, the shorter the time frame, the less sample size, mm-hmm. the more chances of randomness in it. Okay. And unless you're an algorithm at Citadel or you're an algorithm at Renaissance Tech, you cannot process these kinds of information. On a, such a massive scale and extract an edge, you just can't do it. See, that's why that's why I
1: personally kind of like have leaned heavily towards macroeconomics and yep. trends because it really appeals to my 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 structural of thought course. process, exactly. to statistics, to time, to my thesis. You know, I can build the thesis properly and I can wait for validations, even if it takes three months, a year. Boom. Yep. Okay, I, I've been in copper for three years and copper's finally been playing out.
2: Yes, yeah, so and now you, you know you were vilified. You were right because. You A, did the work, you actually took action and you gave it time. I tell people so many times, give yourself time. I, I, yourself
0: I think time. I think this is a perfect way or a perfect example is to just like, if you believe in something and you've done the legwork and you understand sort of the stick macro theme, just stick to it because yeah. you're going to get thrown. Everyone's going to, everyone's got an opinion, but if you have Everyone a thesis does. that makes sense, like, exactly. I don't see why you can't
2: play exactly. that. There's plenty of people that are like, you know what, shroom stocks. And they're telling me this stock. I'm like, okay, what's your thesis? So they're like, I like shroom stocks. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had
0: someone message me too. They're like, what do you think about this? one? I'm like, what do you know about electric vehicles? Hmm. Nothing. I just thought it was a hot stock. I'm just like, okay, hey, sorry. I can't help you. I have no you know idea. I mean? oh and, I and I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like a sick. Yeah. I yeah, don't, don't want to sound like a cynic, but it's just, this is where, you know, what you're you doing You have to be Riz- real, Dan. Dan, you have to be real. But hold on. It's, this is where a service like Riz, what you're doing, what I'm doing, what Nick's doing is just that there's a need
2: for that right now. Yeah, there there a is a, there's a need for people who are real, who, are, who will stay without any alternate agenda. Okay. So when I, t- people tell me, Riz, have you heard of this EV stock? And it's a Chinese stock or whatever. I'm like, I have no idea. And they're like, I think it's going to do really well. It's like going to be. Great. And I'm like, okay, you have your thesis. You believe in it. Then just manage your risk and then stay. Who cares what I think? Who cares what I think at that point? Right. If you have a thesis, if you believe in it and you have the risk tolerance along with the time frame, it doesn't at that point, no one is gonna either be able to talk you out of it or is gonna be as convicted in the trade as you are. Because anyway, at the end of the day,
1: gonna... their biggest enemy is gonna be themselves. Because yeah. if the, if the, if, if the trade, even if it takes a, let's say the right and they go long and a year, you're up 200%. Awesome. Then you go three years in four years in and it's like, holy crap. I've it becomes a GE where over a decade, it just goes down and down and down and down. It's like, well, know.
2: there you go. It all, you, like you said, it all come down a frame GE was one of the best companies in the world. It depends on the time frame You increase that time frame to now, not anymore. Right. And I'm sure it's gonna happen with some of these other large cap. That's why I never say buy any large cap and hold forever because those days are gone. Exactly. Right. We're now in an age where and there's statistics on this. The the leading S P five hundred companies of the last five years are not the same ones. These gonna be the next five years. We can I can I can I can line that up with a macro.
1: So in macro, a lot of a lot of large funds are starting to funnel capital outside into emerging markets because emerging markets will have bigger bang for buck. There's a lot more growth potential there. So deals, mm, yeah. exactly. So yeah. why go here and that validates to a stagnating outcome in the overall economy in North America, which then also adds to the validation that there's a very high end the fact that you have a lot of regressing economic variables. So then it's like, yeah, the markets here may not be the same for the next decade. It may take, it yeah. could take a decade before they really start igniting again. Yeah,
2: exactly. And we've seen that shift. Remember like two, three years ago, everyone, Oh, just, Just invest passively. No one can beat the market. No one can beat the market. Even Warren Buffett has put it passively. Now there's another shift. So notice how things can change pretty fast. Landscape can take a long time.
1: He made like a five-month trade with the Barrick. He got into (laughs) Barrick. Barrick did well. He got out. He's become a swing trader now.
2: You know? A lot more selective, a lot more fast. And he's doing things different. Remember, there was a time Warren Buffett would not touch a technology company, right? Mm -hmm. And that probably saved him. That did save him in 2000, you know, 2001 type of tech market crash. It saved him, but there's a flip side to it. He missed companies like Amazon. He missed companies like, you know, Apple, Facebook, he missed companies gonna, like, you know, Twitter.
0: It's going to be interesting to see when his uh, annual shareholder meeting happens in May, what, he, what, yes, what his outlook coming, is going to be. Coming.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Look, man. I mean, look, we, we've been at this for close to two hours now. <laughs> there's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about with you. We're, I mean, we're going to have you on again, like as always, but um, man, what a crazy time to be alive. And I think the only thing that we can do is yes, we're going to get stupid questions every now and then, but it's our job and our duty to kind of educate those people and say, no. Hey, this is how you have to think about this, you know, as opposed to slamming them in the face and saying, please stop asking. me. I, I refer
1: oh. to us are I find our, I call ourselves real advisors because a real advisor is supposed to be objective and neutral to markets and just direct to where things make sense for whoever you're helping. Whereas traditional financial advisors, you know, they're selling things. And yep. There's a quota yep. and there's a bias, so I, refer, I, so I think that we're the we're, we're we're I refer to ourselves as true advisors.
2: I hope so. I hope so. I mean, we don't want to be labeled advisor because that's going to be. I, I,
0: I'll I'll speak for yourself, Deck. I'll. I'll, I'll.
2: <laughs> yeah, we don't want to go into that regulatory trap, but ultimately, yeah, no, this we
0: not investment advice, guys. <laughs> I, don't listen to anything. Advice.
2: Not investment advice. We have to do the best we can with being real giving as much information as we can in a a, a good package uh, way that relates to the other person. And then after that, that's it. Everyone, I think is capable. If someone wants to buy stocks, I'm pretty sure they're capable enough to think for themselves to a certain extent. Right. Uh, And and they're mature enough to, to know that they're risking money. And at that point, all we can do is is lead people to kind of the right way and the right thought process. You can have, if you have the right thought process, you can be trading GME, GameStop, AMC, and still do well. Right, yep. so it all comes down to the right thought process, risk management, and that's 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 cre- that's pretty much the best edge that any average person can have.
0: Totally, Riz. Thanks again, man, for coming on. Keep crushing the markets. Um, everybody can find Riz at Riz International on Instagram. Um, great website too. Riz, I've actually taken your fundamentals stock course, and it's absolutely incredible. So keep keep, keep 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 pumping it. out great content, man, and we we'd that. love to have you back soon.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, be safe, uh, have a great, uh, rest of February and, and the remaining of the year. And then let's see if we can get together some other time. Of Hopefully in person, man, we'll do a podcast a outside. Open up. You know what? I'm just itching to kind of, you know, you do a little bit of traveling and whatnot. And there's like hundreds of people Riz. Are you going to come to this place, this country? So like I have like a list of like 30 places I got to go. And cause there's people that are like, Riz, you come here. I got you. You're chilling with me. You guys, like, <laughs> You know, you got friends everywhere. That's amazing. I'm very fortunate, very fortunate. Uh, uh, Honestly, I, I love what I do. It's very hard. It's challenging, but I cannot, you know, see myself doing anything else. Just, I just can't. And it's amazing. I'm going to do this as long as I can. Um, And I tell my students, I'm not going to do this forever because there's going to come a time where, you know, I'm 29 now. I feel the age. I feel the stress. Um, It's been a great run. I'm not, don't, I'm not retiring or just getting out of the game yet, but, there's going to come a time, right? It's, it's obvious, right? I'm not going to be doing this forever. And I can really devote as much time as I do now because I literally have no life. Um, like, I, I mean, I, I, share with my students, like on average, I spend about 12 to 14 hours on my phone uh, answering and stuff. And that's not including the stuff on the, on the computer, right? Because I app like iPhone tracks your usage data, mm-hmm. right? So I average about 12 to 14 hours any given time a, a day. Um, and, and, I I do it because I love it. Otherwise I just, there's no, I don't think there's any kind of reason otherwise to be able to do that Uh, because uh, passion is just one of those things. that's just huge. Right. So I, I, you know, I appreciate you guys doing what you do uh, being real. And and of course having me on and we'll continue to to strive for the best we can be.
0: That's the only way, my friend, Mm -hmm. keep it real, man. Keep the hustle young too. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Guys. Thanks so much for listening, Nick. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Just kidding, Nick. You're always on here with it. Riz, seriously, thanks again for coming on, man. And uh, we'll definitely link up soon. Pleasure, Mike. Thanks a lot, guys. All,
1: man. Take care. We'll see you soon.
0: Take, Take you guys. care, guys. Take care.